Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning. It's uh, a typical... What do we call it? Just a typical Sunday. Whenever there's going to be something which is very solemn in London, it's as if all the trees know, all the wildlife knows. You know, it just sort of takes over. And uh, today, we'll be... uh, bringing all the troops out as usual. I think the oldest is about 103, something like that. He's blind. He's part of a group of blind ex-servicemen. And uh, he's very much looking forward to being there. I think all the royal family will be there, all the government, all the royal family except Prince Philip. But I think all the rest of the royal family will be there laying down. The, the wreath you've got to look for is Harry's. Will it have some orchids in it? That's what he was uh, He was talking... I think Was it marigolds or orchids? Marigolds, I think. And uh, there was talk that he wanted a few put in there to remember the, uh, the Indian contingents who lost their lives during the Great War. All of that and more this morning on LBC. But just be aware that probably from about 7 o'clock this morning, the roads will be closing and they'll put up the barriers and everything else because the whole of Whitehall will be taken up. Uh, I forget how many people take part in this, but it's a heck of a lot. It's a heck of a lot. And uh, all the uh, the marching bands will be down there as well. And uh, the Queen will turn up. It's all it's done beautifully. We do it very, very well. And we do it so that we don't forget these people. I've heard more arguments on LBC over the last week about people with white poppies, pink poppies, green poppies, purple poppies, red poppies. It doesn't make any difference what colour the blooming thing is. It makes no difference. It's got nothing. And then somebody came on and said that oh, he thought that the poppy was racist and oh. God, it just got so out of... These people are just... There's something the matter with them. They're not there. It's to it's to commemorate the lives of people who died. You know, if these people hadn't died, you know, we might not be in the state that we are at the moment. Mind you, we are in a bit of a state at the moment, aren't we? Uh, also, over in Malibu, the star's homes hit by the, the blazes uh, that are raging over there. It doesn't seem possible, does it? They've, they've had it once. They're now having it again. And I think so far about 23 people have lost their lives, and there is the every chance that more people could lose their lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Also, uh, Ben Affleck has checked back into rehab. They're really lucky, the Americans, aren't they? They just go, oh, he's checked back into rehab, and we all just assume that it's something quite normal. Uh, also, apparently now, why do we need train guards? I couldn't believe this one either. I thought they've come up with some wheezes over the years to keep train guards because they open the doors and everything else. But the argument has been that the driver can open the door because he doesn't have to drive a train. I know you've got to be there, but the thing drives itself. Once they're automated, you know, it could be completely different. But apparently we need train guards to deter drug mules. I mean, seriously, drug mules? What's a, what's a train guard going to do? And how obvious are drug mules on the train? I've never heard of that one before. Uh, also, the Spice Girls, uh, they've added extra dates as the touts have snapped up the tickets. Now, what happens is a tout will buy a ticket for maybe £100 and they will sell it for £200 because it gets near... So they've added an extra five dates. Now, I don't know how much people love the Spice Girls, whether or not you're going to shell out that much money because it's an awful lot of money to uh, to spend on a ticket. One of them was up for £14,000. Why you would want to spend £14,000 to see the Spice Girls, I've got no idea. Uh, also, who was wearing the best poppies at the Festival of Remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall? Uh, undoubtedly, the Queen. It's as simple as that. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes. X Factor favourite, Bella. Whoever Bella is, says she's very glad she spoke about her sexuality because she's come out as a lesbian... And apparently that's vitally important if you're on the X Factor. Who cares 
what somebody's sexuality is. It, listen, you're on a programme not to talk about lesbianism. You talk, you're, you're on the programme to sing your little song so that somebody can say your voice sounds OK or it sounds rubbish. What your sexuality's got to do with it, I've got no idea. Andrew and Sarah Ferguson say they're the happiest divorced couple in the world. Probably what she says. She never stops droning on about it. There's something odd about Sarah Ferguson. If only we could put our finger on it, but uh, luckily we can't. And uh, what was the other? Oh, I quite... Did you know that it is the, excuse me, the 25th anniversary of the film Mrs Doubtfire? The 20, it was 25 years ago. I didn't, I didn't think it was that far back. And they've got the, uh, the kids in it. And they said Robin Williams was very much like a, like a father figure to them, which I thought was uh, great. Uh, Glenn Hoddle has had life-saving surgery after his, uh, after his heart problems. So presumably they've either given him another heart or they've given him a pacemaker or something like that. And then somebody else from the X Factor, two X Factor stories, Danny Tetley, no idea who he is, tells his father that he's gay. You know, like you do, uh, I'm gay, yeah. And his father turns around and says, I'm gay as well. They're obsessed with it on the X Factor. We've got lesbians popping out of wardrobes left, right and centre. Now we've got gay boys, you know, whose fathers turn out to be gay. I mean, what is this programme? Is it gay dating? Or is it the X Factor? Who knows? Uh, Aldi are in a bit of a debacle with some people who are saying, you're not selling proper caviar, it's, it's fake caviar. As if you could fake caviar, but you apparently can. And there's 15 teaspoons of sugar in Costa's ice drinks. Because that's apparently supposed to be really bad for you. So if you have one of their their sort of iced drink, what did they do the other year? Was it strawberries and cream? That was quite nice. That was quite nice. And uh, and I had something. Oh yes, confiscate confiscate prices illegal pink cards. Got no insurance, no MOT, no no tax on it. But there again, it's never stopped her driving before, has it? Why should it make? Let her to drive. Let her drive. For goodness' sake, let's get her in prison as soon as possible. Uh, tax fraud on OAPs and uh, nerdy poshes fears over Mel's dynamite book because that's what people are waiting for. They're waiting to see what. I mean, she's just paying off court costs, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. And uh, so now they've already, because they must have realised that they were going to sell out quite quickly to the touts. And you remember, when Barbara Streisand came over here, the touts bought up swathes of tickets. But because the, the public turned around and went, we're not paying those prices, there were huge areas of the, of the arena which were empty because the touts had bought all of these tickets. Mind you, the same, same happened for poor old Bross, who were cancelling left, right and centre. And, uh, and it might happen for Peter Andre. We're not too sure. He was on television trying to, trying to shift a few more tickets the other day because it's his, he's celebrating, I don't know, a million years in show business or something. Uh, tips from Terry Wogan help Rochelle. And what was the other one? Oh, yes. Um, Danny, he's a dancer in Strictly Come Dancing, says it was a vendetta what people are saying about him. Little Julie is wearing her poppy with pride. Actually, the royal family's poppies look really nice, but I've got my one's nice. I tweeted mine. And uh, and I was going to wear it yesterday, but I thought if I wore it to the rugby, uh, it would fall off. So I didn't wear it to the rugby. And it was very nice. I didn't go to the rugby, but I, I had some friends who were going. So Michael and Chums went. And uh, it was very nice, actually. I could have just sat down and, uh, you know, had a toasted ham and cheese sandwich. Been very happy with things like that. Uh, somebody says, wearing my poppy with pride. Always oh, little Julie. And uh, off to Sheffield Cathedral for a 6am dawn lament by the Pipers. Happening at many cathedrals, says Steve. See, I think that's quite nice. But London will be definitely into, into lockdown. So, uh, you know, you don't, you don't literally want to come into town today because you won't get very far. There'll be nowhere to park. 
It'll be an absolute nightmare. 84850, uk, And uh, all the papers have got uh, pull-out supplements. Uh, but I'm totally convinced that it was the 10th that the ceasefire came in. But it, the 11th of the 11th of the 11th uh, made it sound better. And there is a, a procession. Uh, and if you pick up some of the uh, some of the newspapers this morning, they literally outline everything. So the crowds uh, will file past the cenotaph. Uh, you know, in 1920, a million people turned up onto the streets. It'll be it'll be on radio. You'll have all sorts of things. It's quite a long, quite a long procession all the way round. Uh, and you can, I think, it will probably start gathering along the Mall for the start of it. But the best place to be, of course, will be at the cenotaph. And that's why, because that's where the royal family are going to be. The, the, the procession goes all the way round, birdcage walk down the Mall, all the way up and round, horse guards parade to the cenotaph and uh, Westminster, Parliament Square, Westminster Abbey. And then we, uh, we, we fizzle out after that. But it's, the, the results are going to be around for quite a few hours this morning. So don't come into town unless you're coming to be part of the people who are, who are either taking part or you want to be an observer. You won't see anything better. If you're a, um, uh, a tourist to London, then uh, you've arrived at, at the right time because it's, uh, it's something quite important. You'll hear it. And I'm not sure if Big Ben's chiming. I can't remember if Big Ben chimes for this one and whether they've sort of... It's all under... Everything's under canvas at the moment. It's ridiculous. Former boxing champion, Chris Eubank. Yes, Chris is with us again. Uh, he has now become a police officer in America. That's despite being arrested twice in the UK. He's, uh, he's now a city marshal in Opelousas in Louisiana. He's got no formal police training, but he's officially out to arrest people. So he's been touring the Deep South, giving lectures on how to peacefully diffuse difficult situations. And a source said Chris is over the moon with his new role and takes it very... Is he mad? Is he completely as mad as a barrel load of frogs or something? He's not a marshal at all. It's just made up. It's like I went onto the internet some years ago. I am an ordained minister. I can officiate at things. Funerals, mainly. But anyway, so he's, he's landed this badge after being introduced to a ranking official through a friend of a friend. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? He has been nicked driving his truck to Downing Street in a protest. He's, but he doesn't really do anything now, does he, Chris? He just sort of goes into the newspaper and thinks about things. And uh, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But I can't see him arresting anybody in Louisiana. Can you? You are arrested. It's not going to happen, is it? They're going to die laughing. Not going to happen at all. Uh, the stars bid to better hairdresser. Oh, good Lord above. This is Sheridan Smith. I love stories about Sheridan. I love it. In a TV uh, interview, she said, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm with the love of my life. And then the hairdresser says, I was taken aback. I'm not a lesbian. I've got a boyfriend. It's just rife. You cannot move for lesbianism everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. It's on the X Factor. Now it's here with a, with a woman. I, mean, I love the way people say, I'm not a lesbian. All right, don't make a big deal about it. The producer's not a lesbian either. Not on, well, Wednesday and Thursday's a bit odd, isn't it, for you? That's OK. He, yeah, he said he's a lesbian Wednesday and Thursday. Why is it people are obsessed with it? Does it really make any difference? I mean, on the X Factor, whether you're a lesbian doesn't make any difference. You're singing. Nobody cares. It's obviously, you know, when you've got your first girlfriend, you know. But then, of course, you know damn well it won't last because there'll be too much temptation out there if you eventually become very successful. And uh, how long, says Jim, till we get the first LGBTQ X fact? It's so confusing. I can't remember what Q is now. So it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, is it? Is it queer? 
Fancy you knowing that and me not knowing that. How hilarious. Oh, for those who are undecided. <laughs> well, that takes a lot of names in, doesn't it? So, an X-Factor judge. Well, we do have uh, judges on Strictly who are who are definitely gay. I'm 99% certain Bruno Tonioli is absolutely the gayest man on television. I would think so. Next to Rylan. And, oh, God, there's loads of people. I need that, uh, that tea this morning. All those poor people out there putting up the barriers and everything else. And all they want is a nice cup of tea or a bottle of water. Wish me lovely. Uh, Steve, uh, my family is something of an anomaly in that whilst they suffered domestic working class drudgery in the Great War, seven of my great uncles were overseas and all survived. Well, that is the miracle, isn't it? That is the miracle if people survived. Uh, a lot of people didn't. I think, actually, they, that some of the, 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 the figures that have come out, I mean, it's just horrendous. I mean, four years that cost the lives of 40 million People, 40 million. The front had 400 miles of barbed wire, 250 ships, 100,000 troops in the biggest naval conflict. In the first day of the Somme, how many died? 57,000 people. 57,000. You can't even imagine what 57,000 looks like. But that was just on the first day of the Somme. It, it really is. It's too... You know, that's why people are wearing different poppies, aren't they? They'd, I think white is peace. But as I say, it doesn't matter because people still died. People still died. Millions of people died. Uh, this is, oh, the disgraced pundits back on the BBC. I hadn't seen this one before. This is uh, Trevor Sinclair. He's back on the BBC. Less, I don't remember this story. I was thinking about another one. Trevor Sinclair. He apparently racially abused a police officer and urinated in a police car. Strange thing to do. Anyway, former England and QPR winger Sinclair will appear on FA Cup final score today. Last night, a source said the decision to put Trevor back on air is sure to infuriate a lot of fans. He's been out of work for less than a year. So he racially abused a police officer and weed in the back of a police car. Lord, a BBC spokesman said, uh, we currently have no scheduled plans to use him on our programmes. Oh, well, there you go. That was at the time. I can't begin to tell you what he called the, uh, the police officer. He made a racial slur and he accused the cop of arresting him because he was black. Oh dear, we can't have people like that hanging around. We had another one the other day, didn't we? He was apparently sort of some, something quite se senior when it came to sporting. And they all make the mistakes. However, the event to have been at was the Royal Albert Hall for the 100th anniversary of the Armistice. The Queen looking fantastic as always. I'm a huge fan of the Queen. Harry was wearing medals. And uh, as I say... It's uh, not really a lot you could do with that. And they were all wearing poppies, except Meghan, who was wearing the teeny tiniest poppy. The Queen had the best one. The Queen definitely had the best one. It was sort of four, four pop. I mean, it looked very, very expensive. Very expensive. Not the sort of thing you and I would have. And uh, William was wearing medals as well. I don't really know what William has done in the war, but there you go. I'm sure he must have done something. Uh, and then uh, Kate was wearing three poppies. It was, it was the size of Meghan's, which is a bit tiny. I thought the royal family would all have something a little bit posh. You know, something that looked uh, really, really nice. OK, we'll take a short break, shall we? Sunday morning. It's nice to have your company. I hope you're well. Uh, if you were out last night, you went to the rugby or you went to the Lord Mayor's show, you're probably feeling a little bit worse. I don't even know who won the rugby yesterday at Twickenham. I cannot tell you the key. Well, we're not mentioning that ever again. The, oh, the, the New Zealanders won that. Did they really? Oh, it was only by a point. Oh, that's OK. We had a, had a try what? Ruled out. OK. Some friends of mine were going because they are they are rugby people and uh, they only wanted to go and see the hacker. I've seen it on the television. I think it was quite impressive actually sticking your tongue out and going. Oh, 
I can't do it. It's too too butchered this time of the morning. So yes, it's a bit like a dog actually. Woo, woo, woo. The hacker. But, uh, they do it for everybody. You can find it all over the place on on YouTube. So that so the kid. Oh. I'm not surprised, actually. There was somebody wandering about the streets of Twickenham this morning. Look vaguely New Zealand. We always get a few left over. The day after. Phew, Steve. 25 years for Mrs Doubtfire. My favourite bit is when Mrs Doubtfire puts his face in a cream pie in the fridge to disguise the fact he's taken the mask off. And then it starts dripping, doesn't it, into the, into the tea and the coffee. But uh, they said he was lovely. And I have no doubt of that whatsoever. 5.20. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's all kicked off. Um, I didn't want to sort of say anything about it because it's obviously going downhill. Now we've got people going, oh, I'm going to make you a cup of tea, Steve, as if. And then we get the producer going, oh, I was going to make you some mulled wine for Christmas. What is it, this this sort of thing that they have about trying to poison the presenter? You know, I mean, it's a bit like years ago, there was uh, Tom Leary did a fabulous song about poisoning pigeons in the park. And he said, you know, on a bright afternoon, you know, the great thing to do is poison pigeons in the park. And this is the same kind of thing here. Eventually, you know, there was somebody who actually was murdering people in an old people's home. And the reason that they they find out about it, because it was terribly clever. This person injected them with insulin, but between their toes, because nobody, well, apparently people don't look between your toes. They're too busy looking at the other bits. And uh, and so on their toes, they had this little this little puncture mark for the injection. Because obviously, you know, having having insulin is not much good to somebody unless you're a diabetic. But uh, anyway, it's interesting. I did go and get some chips on the way in this morning, which is very nice indeed. And there was some poor bloke in there who was off his face. And he'd ordered a burger and chips. And then he wandered outside and then he obviously forgot... And the bloke who owns the fish and chip shop in Twickenham said he's always doing that. He comes in, he gets very drunk, he orders the burger and chips in a box, pays for it, then he wanders outside, and then he wanders over the road to somewhere else because he can't remember that he's ordered. Can you imagine getting that drunk that you can't remember what you've ordered? Oh, this is poisoning pigeons in the park. Spring is here, suffering is here. So clever. Life is skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do, don't you? He did you this do. for Lloyd Webber's birthday, Cameron's birthday. They brought him over from America. You have to get to the chorus. Someday, a treat for me. Here we go. All the, the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. <laughs> You see, there you go. How happy do you need to be? Because you never see, whenever they do the, the cenotaph, you don't see any pigeons, do we? I mean, I don't see any pigeons. I think they know to be respectful and they sort of stay well away. They go and sort of wander around Trafalgar Square and have a bit of a meeting, you know. They do feed them. They do feed... Oh, yeah, have you never seen them? They drop it down their trousers so it comes out on their shoes. It is... Tr- I swear to God... I swear to God, they, that's what they do, because if they're caught, they get a big fine and pigeons come and poo on them. And it's great, uh, because, it, because years ago, we used to have a bloke selling uh, birdseed in Trafalgar Square. You could buy it, and then the pigeons would come and sit on your arms. So you've got all these pictures of little kids with these filthy flying rats with their feet, which have walked through poo and wee and uh, everything, and they eat everything, and then sitting on their arms... So we got rid of that, didn't we? But no, people go out there because they think that, that pigeons are going to die if they don't feed them. They don't, believe you me. If only. If only. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
Uh, 4am Curve fan says, love your new English Bull Terrier impression. I saw somebody today, why is it you look at some people and you can always tell the sort of dog that they're going to have? You know, they had somebody, he was a tennis player, he was on with Jonathan Ross this week, and he had poodles. Isn't that funny? You'd think, you know, butch bloke who plays tennis wouldn't have a poodle. Because apparently poodles are a bit sort of camp, as dogs go. Do, do butch men play? Of course they do. I saw, I've seen... Andrew Castle plays. You won't find anybody butcher than Andrew, I'm saying, because he might be listening. You know, that's... And also, I had to sit next to him at the... I didn't have to sit next to him at the Rajar meeting, but he did sit next to me at the Rajar meeting, which was quite nice, actually. You know, sort of somebody for me to lean on, <laughs> which is good. And uh, it was... Yeah, oh, could you not get in because of the tube strike? Oh, that's such a shame, because we really didn't miss you. And, uh, no, if, if you had been there, you could have, you know... There was loads of room. Yeah. 20 quid on... T- oh, that was so... In- it went on for enough. You, you you could have made it, really, if you if you really wanted to. If you... Oh, how lovely an English breakfast. I went for English breakfast overlooking the Bentall Shopping Centre the other day. First one in there, six items and a cup of tea, came in at seven quid. But you do get a free piece of toast. It's about the average price now for breakfast in London. And it saves you having to cook it. I mean, who can be bothered cooking sausages... You know, at six o'clock in the morning, you know, much as though they are nice just to hold. You know, you sort of look at... I think all the sausages in these places are, are pre-cooked. And then they just sort of heat them up a little bit. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Police said to get enhanced powers to stop and... Oh, no, somebody else's. Yes, he has to improve after his face mask get run over by a lorry. I thought it was such a good film, but 25 years ago for Mrs Doubtfire. 25 years ago. Never mind that England lost... Wales beat the Aussies, so you should be happy. I like the Aussies, actually. Mind you, I like, I like Welsh as well. And let's not mention Scotland beating Fiji or Northern Ireland beating Argentina. <gasps> oh, dear. And, of course, there will be, and I would expect nothing less, of the black cab drivers who volunteer to ferry forces personnel from stations to the Cenotaph for nothing today. I would expect that to happen. That's what happens. That's what they do, OK? And uh, and and good for them for doing it. But you have to do it. The, these people have come through more than you can ever imagine, ever imagine. In your in your wildest dreams, you couldn't make up some of the situations they've been in. If nothing else, they get a free ride in a cab to take them to the cenotaph. That's that's what we do. Makes me cry thinking about it. Uh, so Holly Willoughby has gone out to the the jungle. Guess who else has gone out there? Harry Redknapp must need the money, I suppose. Poor old soul. He's about to be as interesting as washing powder. And then they've got oh, various other people. They've said, oh, so so-and-so will be here to talk about... They said Nick Knowles is going to be out there. And he'll, he'll talk about William and Harry. What for? Why would he talk about William and Harry? He won't be talking about William and Harry. Certainly not like that. And what's Harry Redknapp got to talk about? I mean... Phew, dear, honestly. These people... It's, it's, I suppose they sort of go, listen, you can make a little bit of money before Christmas. He's gone... I can't do an impression of him because I don't know what he sounds like. But, uh, you know... But it's, so he, he's sort of one of those who's actually gone out there, which is good. Uh, still to come, the sex swingers are going to invade the Benidorm Religious Festival. I mean, why did, what, so what's the point of that headline? You know, are you assuming that people who go to a religious festival aren't interested in How's Your Father? Of course they are. Of course they are. They're as interested in as the next person. Just because you've got religion doesn't mean you give up the old SEX side. No, heavens above you don't. LBC News Time, 5.30, the latest headlines this morning with Simon Conway. While listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC and, and a, such a special day today. You know, when you see those uh, soldiers marching, there'll be some in uniform, all looking so proud to walk past the cenotaph. And uh, as I say, you should get the full flavour of that on LBC. The band as well. And um, just amazing. Just, But I've always said to you, haven't I? If ever you want to see something that is so patriotic, it makes you weep. Go to the Festival of Remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall, where you get everybody in there. I mean, everybody's there. All the royal family is in there, and uh, all the government is in there. And, oh, it's just, it's just the most amazing thing. It really is. Uh, James says, I'm the happiest I've ever been since finding the one person I was ready to spend the rest of my life with. Me. <laughs> they say you never actually better yourself. Never actually better yourself at all, do you? They go, because, but you always ask people, don't you? They always, I mean, I met a few people yesterday. I'm surprised to discover they had relationships. But uh, I'm always keen to say, so, you know, so what's your ideal type? And then it, it turns out that the ideal type is not the person they're actually going out with. You know, if you ask, you know, anybody to go, oh, I like blondes. And, and then yesterday they were having a discussion, a discussion at the rugby on whether or not you were a boobs or a bottom man. I mean, can you imagine? I was well out on that one. I mean, I just sort of sat down with my lemonade and kept quiet because there was no point in chipping in at all. And um, and so I thought, oh, right. And then you ask people what they're looking for. And they go, oh, I like blondes, six foot three and that kind of thing. And then you look at the person they're going out with. They bear no resemblance to these people at all. So obviously, you know, beauty is not just in the eye of the beholder because most people need to go to Specsavers. 84850 uk. Harriet. Uh, Harriet. Oh, lovely. And uh, why was I just mentioning Harriet? I was mentioning something, actually, about Harriet. But whatever it was, it was... Oh, that's right. She's on the uh, she's on the night shift. Night shift doing what? Doing what? Uh, at least Harry went to Afghanistan. William flew rescue helicopters. I mean, later today, Edward will rock up with a chest full of metal. I know, I know. And seriously. I think one is the, is the Cadbury's Dairy Chocolate. The other one is the Oval Teenies Medal. The other one is Would You Like to Adopt a Pet? You know, I don't think he's ever seen action. Well, certainly not on a, on a battlefield. So <laughs> we'll have to watch that one. So there's two things you're looking out for now. You're looking for Edward and his funny little medals. I think they did it a few years ago. The papers went, this is for the... They're mainly handed out by the Queen. You know, if you, if you don't look like you've got a lot of medals, she'll sort of top you up a little bit. Because as I say, I don't think Edward has ever seen active service. Might have done it when he turned up working for some theatre companies. I don't know. Uh, one here says... Um, uh, good morning, King of Rajar. See, the funny thing is, if you're not in the business, Rajar doesn't mean a diddly squat to anybody at all, does it? It means a lot to us. It's like the, the figures that they use for television. You know, television people, once you've made the television programme, you, you, you put it out and then they go, this programme aired overnight and it had a, a 10% share or 6% share and with this many people. So they, they, they can work it out. Well, of course, that's all very exciting for them. But of course, they've made the programme on radio. Programmes don't cost as much to make. In relation to television programmes, radio programmes are, are quite inexpensive. I mean, in theory, you could probably kind of do it by yourself, but I don't, I don't personally think that I'm, I have the capability of doing that. I have enough trouble sort of finding out whether I've got a cup of tea, which I make myself, uh, or anything else going on. So I like to know. So, so these are Prince Edward's medals, OK? Uh, 1977, the Queen Elizabeth Silver Jubilee Medal. Uh, in fact, he actually got two of those because he got the Golden Jubilee Medal. The Royal Knight of the Most Noble Order of the Garter, made up. OK, that's just a made up sort of thing. Knight Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order. 
plus Knight Commander of the Royal Victorian Order, Commander of the Royal Victorian Order, the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal. Then he's got Commonwealth Medals. Uh, oh, here we are, military appointments. He's personal aide-de-camp. Don't make me say it. Please don't make me say it. To Her Majesty the Queen. So that's from 2004. Oh, what's that mean? What's that mean? And he's also got uh, Colonel-in-Chief of the Hastings and Prince Edward Regiment. Uh, he's Honorary Deputy Commissioner of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. In fact, there's loads of things. He's also Commander-in-Chief of the Royal Fleet Auxiliary. Royal Colonel of 2nd Battalion, the Rifles. I mean, good God, I mean, this is our, this is our pattern here. This is pattern. This is Butch Edward getting out there. I mean, he, he can't stand up when he's got these things on. Surely not. Oh, he's also got the other ones uh, from the Worshipful Company of Haberdashers and the Worshipful Company of Gardeners. So that's lovely, isn't it? So at least he can plant something, which is lovely. <laughs> so he has got a lot of these medals. You just can't butch him up, can you? The Trumps, he's, he's more showbiz. No, nothing the matter with being showbiz, but he is he's more, more showbiz than action, I think. Uh, somebody says, Steve, I shall be watching the Cenotaph on TV with my mum. Her dad, my granddad, joined up twice in World War One. Wow, that's it. And, uh, and, and Crystal Poodle says, there's nothing camp about poodles. She'll have words with you next time she sees you. And uh, these things aren't, aren't big enough for me. Where's, how can I see something that's bigger? There's obviously more of these things and I can't. I can't open them up. I shall find out why in a minute. Uh, Ron says, maybe these stars on X Factor think they get more votes by coming out on television. Even on Coronation Street, they're going on and on about a lesbian couple. I don't see it makes any difference. I sit, perhaps, I'm, perhaps I'm out of touch. Perhaps I'm out of touch. I just sort of think, you go on the X Factor and, and then you start talking about your partner. I'm sorry, we're interested in whether you sing. I couldn't give a stuff who you're in bed with. It doesn't make any difference at all to me. Uh, Paul in Brighton says, love you, Steve. Of course you do. I've been to Brighton. There's not a lot of action going on down there. Uh, it's a yes to Big Ben, says Tracy in Broccoli. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> nice to know we can get some things right. And um, uh, Francis is the one. So they'll be gathering on Westminster Bridge for the two-minute silence before taking... All the people back. This is the black cab drivers ferrying the forces personnel. They deserve a mention for doing it every year. They always get a mention on my programme. Always get a mention on my programme. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, what was the other one here? Oh, the happiest I've ever been. Uh, I live in a tree-lined street that's overrun with blasted pigeons. When friends visit, they park in the next street to protect the cars. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't, I'm, I'm dreadful with things like that. Well, you remember the disaster I had the other... The other week. Uh, another one here says, wait a minute, let me just find, find the rest of it. Oh, apparently, uh, Andy says, uh, Edward will rock up with a chest full of medals. There's one for flower pressing, one for saving a wounded sparrow, one for the toughest three weeks in the Royal Marines. Well, we all know he didn't, he didn't last very long in the Royal Marines, did he? That was, that was the problem, that uh, it was all a little bit too butch for him. I think the fact he had to get up in the early hours of the morning in his pants... And go and do something, you know, it's to try and butch people up. So he didn't enjoy that very much indeed. That really didn't do very well, which didn't go down with uh, with Prince Philip, who sort of thought he was uh, bringing up, you know, somebody a little bit more butch. But let's face it, out of all the people in the royal family, his is the only marriage that has really stood the test of time. Perfect. Jane says, just woken up, love your pigeons rant. Totally agree. Saw Jersey Boys after the remembrance service at Cathedral. Thank you, Jane, very much indeed. Uh, another one here. Good for you, Steve. Uh, read your sex versus faith remarks. It's very true. It's, I just don't understand why people think that somebody who's religious doesn't have sex. 
I mean, obviously not all the time, but I mean, you know, it doesn't make any difference, does it really? Nothing the matter with sex. Unless, of course, you're not getting it. In which case, there's something very much the matter with it. It's one of those things, isn't it? People will say the same. Got a girlfriend? Got a boyfriend? You know, get the usual sort of questions. And uh, flaunting... I've lost it. I've lost it. Where's it gone to? Flaunting sexuality, Steve, is not noteworthy. People announcing they're gay on television are no better than the attention seeker. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, unless it's going to come out in the newspapers, they're going to go, by the way, we're going to out you as a lesbian. You go, yeah, OK. You know, because it's, I'm sure it's very nice, but it's of no interest to people. People couldn't care less. People couldn't care less. Uh, you rock my socks, says Harriet. I like that idea. I've never actually rocked anybody's, uh, anybody's socks at all. Uh, Steve, looking back, the Spice Girls made some great pop music. Especially the album track, Something Kind of Funny, Better Than Little Mix, says Ian. I thought they were going to sing on the Jonathan Ross show. I seriously, I was waiting for that. I thought, you know, if Kylie sang, and that, that was quite sweet, nothing too taxing. And uh, she looked very, very pretty, if not a little bit tiny. And, and then the Spice Girls, I was expecting something from them. That's what I watched the show for. Well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I could live without it. I'm not going to sort of make, make some big deal about it, because I'm sure that people will, uh, you know... Um, th- Somebody says there were 57,500 casualties on the first day of the Battle of the Somme. Uh, wait a minute. I said that. I said 57,000 men. What, are you deaf or something? I've already read it out. It's, it's part, of the, uh, part of the facts. So there were 2,000 missing, presumed dead. 36,000 wounded. So it was an, out of an attack force, about 116,000 men. So there you go. But uh, that's not correcting me. I did say 57,000 men. I might be a bit wrong, but I think the newspaper's got it right with 57,000. You've added a little tiny bit. Uh, but the amount of people discussing poppies on LBC, I mean, presumably people will be talking about poppy wearing today, whether it's red, white, green, pink, purple, I couldn't care less. As long as you buy a poppy, as long as you wear one, you don't have to. If you don't want to wear it, don't wear a poppy. But don't make a big bloody deal about it, because there's people there today at the Cenotaph, and, you know, they saw best friends die, cut down in front of their eyes. And if you've never seen that happening, then uh, you need to keep your mouth shut until you've, until you've actually seen things like that. Uh, I shall be watching, because this is one that we did earlier on. My granddad joined up twice, first time joining the infantry in 1914 for a month until he was medically discharged for flat feet. And so in March 1915, joined the Royal Field Artillery, driving the horse-drawn guns and carriages, demobbed in 1920. Having served all over the Western Front, it's amazing, isn't it? These the, the, these people, we don't we don't have the faintest idea what's going on, is it? Let's not forget Gus, the ex-serviceman, on a hunger strike. Uh, on hunger strike, I thought that had all been sorted out. I thought the hunger striking bloke. Uh, I think somebody said they're going to sort that out. I thought so. He stopped. Yeah, yeah I thought he had. I thought he had stopped. But uh, no, he, he he made his his point, and I think it went down. Uh, Went down very well, which is good. Steve, my ideal type is a six-foot blonde nymphomaniac who owns a freehold off-licence. <laughs> I prefer Kentucky Fried Chicken. They're, you know, kind of everything, can you, really? Uh, what else we got in the newspapers today? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, uh, one in ten Brits watch TV on phones in the bathroom. So people, people are in the loo and they're watching TV on their phone. Who does that? <sighs> I read. I read in the bathroom a lot. Big surprise. Big surprise. Oh, 
Will I make you a cup of tea? No, no, thank you. I do work here. Yes, not making tea, though. Honestly, I don't, people, you need to get medical help in here, I think, sometimes. Get things checked. I've got my, my special mug today. It's, it's actually quite a nice mug. I might actually pinch it and take it home. <laughs> so many different mugs I've got at home over the years. Uh, right, what are we going to do? We're going to take uh, a short break because it's 14 minutes to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know, I couldn't be more angry if I tried this morning. Do you remember the story the other week of uh, Kate Ossamore? And her assistant, Ishmael, who's her son, she's a a Labour MP, he's a convicted drug dealer. Okay, she earns £130,000 a year. Do you know that she's living in social housing? On £130,000 a year! So in other words, as one of the Tory MPs said, she's preventing someone needing social housing from having it. They say they've got a £750,000 pad in Tottenham, but uh, Haringey Council properties for those earning below 64200 She gets worse by the day. He's a convicted drug dealer, but apparently he wasn't going to be selling it. He just had £2,500 worth of drugs on him, like you do, don't you? Ooh, look, what's, I wonder what that is. Oh, half an ounce of ketamine, some coke over here. He's just about every drug known to man, but he wasn't selling it. So that was OK, wasn't it? You shouldn't be in social housing, love. You should be uh, out there. You, you sound to me like somebody who's milking the system. They make it too easy for people like you. Uh, Kevin, the lorry driver, ex-Grenadier Guards. That sounds so good, doesn't it? Ex-Grenadier Guards. And uh, don't the pages get soggy, said Jane. Oh, if you, if you sort of read in, in the bathroom. No. No, I mean, obviously, if you drop the paper in the bath, well, then it's going to get soggy. And you can't do it if it's, uh, if it's a shower. But I do prefer a shower. I like a shower. Somebody said to me, said because I'm going to have my a new bathroom put in, I think, uh, next year. Uh, and a kitchen, actually, as well. So uh, I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, do I want the bath removed and just a shower put in? And somebody said, it's very difficult to sell, sell property nowadays if, if you don't have a bath in it. Because a lot of people like a bath. Whereas I'm thinking, why not just a shower with a seat? Then you could sit... Oh, you know, much easier. And it doesn't use as much water. You don't have to sit in all the dirt. And you can use the shower, uh, you know, holder thing in any different position you like. Much easier, much nicer, much nicer. Uh, Steve, I remember the black cabbies used to take a lot of handicapped kids to Brighton once a year. Do they still do it, says John? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They've been doing it for, for years and years and years. And that's why, you know, it's, it's good. You've got to do, I think you have to give something back. I remember the 80s in Camden... Says Jane, demob suits were a very popular find. Demob suits. When you see people wearing them, they seem to be absolutely enormous, didn't they? You know what I mean? But sort of the, the trousers seem to be about sort of 18 inches all the way down. Ridiculous. Amanda Holden, according to the papers today, clashed with Pip Schofield after she believed he got her act from this morning. She was set to fill in for Holly Willabooby during her I'm a Celeb stint, but the offer was withdrawn at the last minute. And uh, it went to Rochelle. Rochelle. A source said Amanda was so excited when she learnt she'd secured the role. She's ITV's golden girl and always been a a firm favourite with this morning. So she was a bit bit shocked when she was taken out to lunch by executives who told her that unfortunately they couldn't follow through with the offer. But during the lunch, they let it slip. They thought the decision had been heavily influenced by Philip Schofield. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know because I I don't know what they're like on that programme. I'm assuming he he kind of whenever somebody laughs a lot on television, you know that behind the scenes he is controlling it. That's what I think as well. So Amanda was upset and then uh, they they announced Rochelle is doing it. You know why? She's cheap. 
She's very cheap. That would be the reason. And um, anyway, she, she's, she's made it very clear that she was, she was a bit hurt by things like that. The trouble is, it must be difficult, mustn't it? If you want to do that, and then they go, oh, it's all yours. Oh, we've decided to give it to somebody else. I mean, I don't think there was the firm offer on the table. I think they were, they were probably thinking, well, should we think about it? She was one of the people being suggested. And I think that's OK. I think you can sort of get away from that, don't you? Sam for Ears is uh, happy to give fans a frill as she returns to modelling underwear. Oh, God, honestly, how tacky. How cheap. It, what is it about putting girls in their knickers and bras in the paper? I mean, who does this appeal to? Goodness sake. The Mummy Diary star. There's nobody else in the blooming thing. Is now appearing in lingerie. And uh, she says uh, it's given her a confidence boost. Darling, you spent most of your time walking around half naked with your boobs hanging out. What would have been a confidence boost. These people talk rubbish. They really do. Really rubbish. Here's um, uh, Touch Me Feely. This is uh, Donald Trump being touched by Macron. Emmanuel Macron puts his hand on his knee. Woo! Very dangerous. Very dangerous. You don't do things like that. You're not allowed to put your hands on, on somebody's knee, are you? If you just sort of sit. Especially Trump. Especially Trump. What is he doing? What is he doing? We don't know. Uh, Stormzy has shelled out 15 grand for a guard dog. Lovely. It's, uh, it's to protect himself and his, his new TV presenter girlfriend, Maya Jama, who wrote all those disgusting things some years ago. So he's shelled out 15,000 quid for a guard dog. Oh, right. But they, oh, they also mention the name of the company, so I bet he didn't pay 15 grand for it. The, the plug deer would probably... That's how much they are, is it? Bloody hell. These are trained dogs, by the way, from this particular company. They had an advert that was running in Country Life. For a couple of weeks and they will train the dog they do about 200 a year and it can be a pet but then at given commands it can turn into an attack dog sounds useful doesn't it just the kind of thing you would expect stormsy he's obviously desperate to get people into the you know into the newspapers and that's what you've got to come up with and there's a food expert who has claimed there's something fishy about a budget supermarket's cut price caviar aldi's christmas product was being promoted to attract middle class shoppers the website encouraged customers to add a touch of luxury. Have you ever tried it? It's fish eggs. It's fish eggs. It's just, they explode in your mouth. It's awful. It's awful. I've had it once. I've had frog's legs and snails and I had caviar. And I said to someone, and they went, oh, it's lovely. It's caviar. I went, oh, God. And so I tried it. You know when you put something in your mouth and you're like, oh, in my mouth. And you don't want to sort of, you don't want to swallow it. On the other hand, you don't really want to sort of, you know, just spit it out. It just looks a bit common. So what do you do? It's very salty as well. So once you've actually got it in your mouth, what do you do? You're like, uh, uh, horrible. So you have to sort of... I mean, I would just discreetly go and get rid of it. So anyway, this it's cod row, isn't it? Isn't it this... No. No, I wouldn't eat cod row either. Is that terris malata? You don't know, do you? Pointless asking you, honestly. You come up with these things and you can't follow it through. No, that's not hummus. No, Taris Malata is Codsrow pate, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, check, check that out, mate. Check that out. I think you'll find I'm right. But anyway, uh, this particular product here, uh, that they've claimed is not the real thing. Real caviar is the raw salted roe of the sturgeon fish that has not been treated. This caviar product has been rinsed in saline solution and put through a calcium bath. This encases the roe in a form of jelly that changes the molecular structure and increases its longevity. Real caviar spoils within days. Yeah, he says, I bought this stuff 16 weeks ago and it's not yet spoilt. Oh. Well, of course, Aldi come back and say, this product is caviar. There you go. Taris Malata is uh, the cured roe of the cod. 
So it's uh, so it's Codro. What did I say? Codro. It's Codro. Yes. So what do you mean you think so? You didn't a minute ago. A minute ago, you, I think you found I was correct here. And it, it's 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 Greek meze made from tamara, which is the salted and cured roe of the cod, the carp, or grey mullet. Okay. Uh, mixed with olive oil, a little bit, little bit of lemon juice, and then a starchy base of bread or potatoes. Sometimes almonds. You don't have to put them in there, but sometimes uh, variants could include. Well, I'm, I've actually tried it with sort of garlic, spring onions, peppers, or, or vinegar really instead of lemon juice. And so that's it. So taras malata, Greek mese made from codro. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, just I'd mention that you know that uh, that's why we hold the biggest audience on a Sunday morning because we're always right. We're never actually wrong on anything at all. I love the way. I used to have a producer years and years ago, and I'd say something, he'd say, do you know what, Steve, I'm just going to check that. And he'd check it, and then I could always tell if I was right, because he wouldn't come back and tell me anything. <laughs> so, more humble pie the producer has to eat this morning. Honestly, it's just getting quite expensive for you at Christmas, isn't it, really? There's so many forfeits you're going to have to do before we can manage to see ourselves into the... Uh, you're not working over Christmas, are you? Will you be working over Christmas? Will you? You're producing me. How exciting. I'm thrilled beyond belief. What day is that I can be sick on? Sorry, I can I can look forward to. Which one is it? Oh. It's, it's not December. Oh, right, OK. It's, oh, right, because, oh, of course, I've forgotten about this. He doesn't do anything to do with Christmas until we're into the month of December. And even then, we're not totally convinced that we're sort of into it. So you could, you could try and force a, a Satsuma down him, and he wouldn't be remotely interested. Seriously, he's, he's got great willpower. Great willpower. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And mince pies, absolutely a big no-no. No, because it, it's it's Christmas, and he doesn't want to eat anything that's nothing to do with Christmas. So there you go. But he does like his taras malata. He doesn't know what's in it, but he does like it. Have you ever eaten frog's legs? Ever eaten frog's legs? Ever tried those? They've, what are they? They're frog's legs. What do you mean, what are they? If they were llama's legs, it'd be a bigger plate, but it's frogs. And so they, they sort of cut them off the frog, and then they... I don't know what they do with them, actually. Fry them, I suppose, or something like that. Yes. I always wondered what happened to the rest of the frog. Is it doomed to spend the rest of its life going around the kitchen on a casters or something like that? I mean, how does that work? It's ridiculous. Probably what? Hummus. You're obsessed with this food, aren't you? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Honestly, it's like Piccadilly Circus. Can't believe it. You walk in, there's people coming out. It's like people on tour and all that kind of stuff. It's great fun. Great fun, we love it. But uh, don't forget, today in London, it'll be uh, it'll be lockdown. So if you don't need to drive into town, uh, please don't. Come in by public transport, much easier. Although I got on a bus this morning. I got on a bus because I've had to park uh, somewhere away because you can't park in the centre. And so I pushed the little tingy thing. I was on the N18, which goes to Trafalgar Square. And so I pushed it. I'm the only one, I think, on the bus. There's nobody else on there. Does he stop? Does he hell? He keeps going. So when he's gone past the stop, I went, excuse me, have you just missed a stop? And he went, um, um, did you push the bell? Yes. I'm looking at the thing that says bus stopping. Nobody else has pushed it. There's nobody else on the bus apart from me. And he couldn't really care less. The fact that I had to walk with my gammy leg, you know what I'm like, first thing in the morning, moaning about everything. Uh, another one here. I had beluga caviar at Bentley's in Mayfair. 60 quid a teaspoon. 60 quid... Good Lord. And delicious, says Jane. I can't eat it. I can't eat it. I, d- I don't know why. It's just, it's fish eggs. I just don't, it's like eating a raw egg. People say you should eat a raw egg. Don't, you know, don't they say things like that? A teaspoon. You don't have it on Rye Vita. You have it on Rye Vita. You have it on Blinis, don't you? On Blinis. 
Where have you been? I've got a producer now saying, what's Blinis? I'm so, all my Jewish listeners are going, hello, Steve, you've got the wrong person. Blinis, they're like little little round things. You put the... What are you putting? You're putting it on Rivita. Putting it on what? Rice cake. <laughs> you're supposed to... It goes on Blinis. You can buy them. Even Marks and Spencer sell them. Show me a picture of what they look like. Yeah, right, don't shout at me. I know what it is. I'm telling him. It's a little pancake... You've never seen those before. It's not like a Jaffa cake without the chocolate at all. It's completely different, consistent. It's made differently. doesn't even have the chocolatey bit on the top or the little sort of tangy bit that you probably like. I can't believe you've never seen that. You've never seen that. Really? Well, there you go. Sometimes you live and learn. Do you have, do you have um, chopped egg? Do you like chopped egg? Ch- no, chopped egg in like, you know, egg mayonnaise kind of thing. No, you're not sure about these. It's an education here this morning, ladies. The rest of you are going, of course he knows what it is. No, he doesn't. Sorry? Don't you have that with smoked salmon? Don't you have a bit of smoked salmon, maybe? No, quite clearly not. We're wasting our time, aren't we, here? You're just, you're just not getting out often enough. I'm slightly disturbed by this because, you know, I, I had you down as, as somebody who was sort of quite cultured. In fact, you're really you're quite a heathen, aren't you, really? Into. But you, don't, yeah, but you can get caviar. There's the cav- You know where the caviar house is in London? It's next to the... No, you don't know where it is. It's next to the Woolsey. Yeah, in Piccadilly, yeah. If, if you walk down there, it's if you were going to Green Park Tube. On the corner, uh, you've got sort of... In, in the middle, you've got the Woolsey. Have you heard of the Woolsey? There we go. Well, just before that is the is caviar house. And you can go there and you can... Linus. They sell Blinis. Got to go and get your caviar from Aldi's or something. I'm sure if you go to the Caviar House's website, there will be a list of the caviar that you can get. The Royal Sturgeon is very expensive. But, I mean, it's, it's not for me. It's not for me. But it's, it's if, if you like something like that, and you can afford, you, there's all different prices. All different prices. Uh, Steve, Amanda Holden was very good uh, on morning television. I definitely would have tuned in every day. Uh, Michelle is bland, similar as to... Uh, as as how 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 you, oh right no not Michelle Rochelle, Rochelle, uh, Jackie says what do frogs lace taste like frogs lace chicken everything tastes like chicken nowadays have you found the the website of the oh down where where do you think down Green Park you 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 must have a look because you can spend a lot of money on on caviar or you can spend you know I mean it's still quite it's seen as a luxury item. I mean, I think in certain parts of Russia, people kill for it. Uh, another one here it says, uh, during all the centenary First World War commemorations, one person who was forgotten on Friday was the French poet, Guillaume Apollinaire, who died on the 9th of November. OK, I'll come around to that one later. I agree with you, Steve. Showers are a lot cheaper. You're not sitting in your own dirt and the water never gets cold. I have a wet room with a chair. That's what somebody said to me, get. They said, get a, get a wet room. And I said, I don't really want a wet room. I tell you, had one of those. Paul O'Grady had a wet room. He had a flat the other side of Tower Bridge, and we all went there for a party a few few years back, quite a few years back, and um, and it, it was lovely. It was it was really lovely, and he had a wet room. So there was a loo in there, and then the floor all sort of came down into the middle, and you could stand. The trouble is, I can't stand in the middle of a room stark naked with a shower on. I did it when we went to. Uh, Iceland, and my ensuite was a shower room. So it had a basin, a toilet, and then the shower was in the middle. And it was freezing cold. I mean, the water was hot, but it was freezing cold, the room. 
it was it was not not my sort of thing at all. So I've decided I need to be enclosed in, you know, either by a shower cubicle or something. Not standing in the middle of a room, stark naked. That's not my kind of thing at all. Really not. Uh, did you watch the uh, the late Brigadier Professor Richard Holmes series War Walks? No, I didn't. But I'm sure they'll be out on um, DVD. I discover all sorts of things on DVD. I really do. And uh, this uh, Guillam who died in 1918, wounded in 1916 and died of the Spanish flu, which wiped out many recovering soldiers. He was a, a revolutionary poet, journalist and art critic. He invented modernism and the term surrealism. There you go. But he died of the flu two days after the armistice. God, dreadful. Uh, Steve, all drug users are dealers as well. It's part of the culture. I hate druggies, vile, selfish people. I changed one of the words, actually. Uh, Zane said, on the Spice Girls reunion tour next year, a newspaper reported on their changing faces and how much surgery they've had. He says, I didn't think they could even sing anymore. Do you know, I don't think they've had surgery. I was up close to them the other day. I mean, up close. Jerry walked right past me. I tweeted the, uh, the video of the Spice Girls here at Global. I didn't think they'd had surgery. I, really, I mean, Victoria might look as though she's had something done, but I didn't. I thought the other ones were fine. Seriously, I, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't notice anything about that at all. So, could be wrong, but I thought it was OK. Uh, a lot of people telling me about uh, uh, Tarasamalata. Tar, it's Taramasalata. Well, who cares? Are we really going to bother about that, honestly? On a Sunday morning, I've got better things to worry about than how you pronounced Tarasamalata. Let me say it quickly. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, so a lot of, everybody's saying, are you sure that frog's legs taste like chicken? Everything does. I'm just, I just, I, f I feel a bit, um, we were doing a live outside broadcast and the restaurant we were doing it from, which was in uh, Whiteley's at Bayswater, uh, they said, oh, it was a French restaurant, hence getting frog's legs. They said, would you like some, some frog's legs? And, uh, of course, me being game for it. You know when somebody says to you, oh, would you like to try them? You go, listen, I'll try anything once. If if I don't like it, then I, I won't bother with it again. And so I tried Frogslet. I only got through one. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I don't know why. It was the fact it was a frog's leg. And I thought perhaps we should have been eating the rest of the frog. And then they said, would you like to try a snail? Ugh. Disgusting. I know people love it, but they're all done. Uh, in this little tray and they do it with sort of garlic butter and everything. It's, for some reason, it just does not appeal to me. I don't know why. Perhaps I'm just a bit sort of too bland and boring with my uh, with my food. Uh, Steve, two hours of you on Sunday says, Ron is not enough. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want anybody in management hearing that. Otherwise, they'll be sort of extending the programme. It's I'm quite happy with the way things are at the moment. Thank you. Do you prefer your three hour weekday shows as well? I like all of it. I like all of it. Sunday, Sunday for me is, is is a bit of a treat. Because you only get, uh, you know, two hours to do. If, if you do three hours, it's different. I'll tell you who I did get um, a text from the other day, and I was considering whether or not um, I should read it out to you. But he didn't say don't. And and so I'm going to, I shall, I sh I'm going to read it to you. Because i tell you who it's from. It's from uh, Scott, Barbara Windsor's husband. Now, we go back... A long, long way. A long, long way. And uh, now he's having to work really, really hard. So I kept saying the other day, there was a lovely picture of Barbara who went to see 42nd Street. And you can tell that she loved it. And Barry Burnett told me about it. There was a great picture of Scott and Barbara. 
and Adam Woodyatt as well. But so he then sent me a text because the way things are at the moment, he's up at peculiar times. And Scott says, it's been a while since we last had contact. So I wanted to say hi. Hope all is well. And obviously with my insomnia, he says, I usually catch you at some point. He says, thank you for all those positive mentions to Barbara and I. I do tell her the lady, he refers to as the lady, is doing as well as can be expected, and I'm very honest when asked about her. I don't paint a rose-tinted version of what's happening, but it's also nice to say that good moments are still there also. And then he says, you know, if ever you fancy popping in, you're more than welcome, as a lot of people have done. He says, keep smiling. And uh, and that was Scott. That's Barbara's husband. And uh, he's got enough to do without having to send text messages to me, but it's always very much appreciated, because you like to think that, you know, they're still in, in your thoughts, they're still there. You might not see somebody all the time, but if somebody's in your thoughts, that's that's the best bit, I think. 84850, steve at uk. Um, what else we got in the paper? Oh, Emily Atak, apparently an actress of some note, uh, is hoping to be hit by Cupid's apple in the celebrity jungle. So she's been sort of shouting out that she's going... I mean, she's a nobody. Seriously, out of all the people in there, I don't know what they've got. They say they hope... This is what ITV bosses are hoping, that she will spill the beans on uh, her fling with the comic Sean. You know, Sean Watts-his-face, Sean, Sean Walsh. Oh, you put your coat on and going. See you, bye. <laughs> I'll just drive the rest of the desk. Don't worry, I can do it. You know, I'm sure with trial and error, we could put something out. I wouldn't guarantee it would be any good, but I, I could certainly try it. So anyway, so, so they're hoping that she's going to talk about what Talk about what? What, the, what They had a snog or they had a, a date or they did something. What's the matter with them? Who cares? They're not going to be talking about things like that. Of course they're not. They, they say her career since the in-betweeners has been modest. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. In fact, let's call it non-existent. Much easier. But uh, they say she's hoping her stint in the jungle... Uh, will ensure roaring uh, ticket sales. What for? What for? Who cares? She's going out in in a show called Talk 30 to Me, which begins in April next year. Nothing else in the diary, I'm afraid. And uh, also, Harry Redknapp has begged I'm a Celeb Bosses to keep snakes away from him. Because I don't like things like that. What's he going out there for? Honestly, how desperate must he be? It's for people who are trying to resurrect a career. That's what it is. Goodness sake, honestly. Um, and uh, the extra dates for the Spice Girls. Bitchy Spice, that's uh, Mel B. She can't keep it. She looks like she's had every bit of work under the sun, but the others look exactly the same. I see Emma Bunton almost on a daily basis, and the rest of them I saw the other day, they looked absolutely the same. Nobody looked as if they'd had major surgery, apart from, as I say, Mel uh, B, who looks... I don't know what she's had done. I, I never know that with these things. It just looks like something very odd. Uh, do you want a time check? Of course you do. It's 6.15. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Good, wasn't it? Yeah, excuse me. So, yeah, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd do that. And uh, might go to the theatre. What? What are you going to say? A, I don't I, I want to go and see 42nd Street before it... Excuse me, just hang on a sec. I want to go and see 42nd Street before it finishes in, in January. I've That's seen right. it once, but I want to see it again because it's so good. Very so, you have a great day. You too. You Lovely talking to you. Who was he? What's he doing in there? Is it what? Seventh, seventh floor? Oh, that's it then, isn't it? I knew I shouldn't have accepted it. And that was the producer, incidentally, just telling me exactly what's happening with Andrew Castle for breakfast. Uh, obviously, the nation marking 100 years since the end of World War I. Donald Trump cancelling the visit to the US military cemetery. And the London cabbies 
giving the veterans free rides to central London for the service. They do it every year. And uh, and that's and that's nice. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, somebody uh, else was saying uh, caviar. You see, I, I, I really can't do caviar. I know it sounds really odd, but apparently some people seem to like eating it. Whether it's good for you, I'm not sure. Anna says uh, if you have a wet room, underfloor heating is essential. Well, that's it. I can do that. I can do underfloor heating. I'm I'm not bothered about things like that. And uh, Steve, Tina, if the stabbers in London had to face the conditions of the First and Second World Wars, that might sort them out, eh? I think they're, I think they're pathetically stupid. Pathetically stupid. You can't, you know, I was listening to all the discussions backwards and forwards the other day. You get the mayor saying, we're going to sort this out within... So-. You're never going to sort it out. You're never, ever going to sort it out. It's just, it's one of those things. Somebody will also, in fact, one of the mothers, one of the boys who was stabbed, when he was going out, she said, oh, don't forget to take your knife with you. I mean, hello? There's obviously some very stupid people out there. But, you know, when you look at the the pictures, it's now, I mean, one time it happened at, at night time. Now it's happening in daytime. And it is quite literally gang on gang. It's not, it's never random. You know, unless the papers go, oh, it looks like it was a case of mistaken identity. But you're never going to stop it. And it's not just here. It's all over the place. All over the place. You know, you don't need to go and buy a knife. You can open up the kitchen drawer. I've got knives in, in the kitchen. Of course I have. I do a bit of cooking. Well, I do a bit of cooking. I must say that's a gross exaggeration. I don't do cooking at all. But that's, that's the sort of thing you worry about. You know, you worry about it and you sort of think, oh, dear, I wish it wasn't as bad as it is. And and what can we do about it? And the answer is we don't know what we can do about it because you're never, ever going to stop people <clears throat> who are going to want to inflict violence. If it's if it's to do with gangs. And as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to be in a gang now. They'd look at me as some sort of sad old pensioner. But uh, you, you get lots of people. They want to be in gangs. It's apparently the big thing. Well, it's not really, is it? Because if, if one gang member gets caught in the wrong part of town or strays onto somebody else's territory like they think they own it, they're that thick. They're that thick. You know, more and more of these kids are going to die. And more and more, you know, the more that die and the more that lose their lives, the more immune to the whole thing we all become. We go, oh, it's another person who's been stabbed to death. You kind of treat it as if it's, you know, we can't do anything about it. So if they want to stab themselves to death, fine. They might as well give them all guns, let them go and stand in a field somewhere out of town and shoot themselves. Make it a lot easier if they think that's sort of some, some big bargain. It's, you know, I just don't, don't get it at all. I really don't. I just can't. But there again, I come from a different generation. I came from a generation where you actually respected certain people. Unfortunately, nowadays, I don't seem to respect anywhere at all or any person. Uh, Paul says, as a gesture of respect, the remains of deceased British and Commonwealth forces who died in WW1 should be removed from Iraq and returned to their respective countries as their graves have been desecrated by the local population. It's awful, really, isn't it? It is awful. At at any one time, there is a war taking place. There are people dying. Even as I speak, there will be people, you know, who have lost their lives in some war, in some, you know, outcrop of, uh, of British... Uh, land somewhere it just it just goes on all the time ridiculous uh steve i'm going to stick to i'm not going to go with uh, with caviar well the producer i can't remember if the producer liked the caviar or he didn't like the caviar did you you eat caviar you haven't eaten caviar you think you tried it once i love the way you think you tried it but you'd remember it you you yeah you would definitely remember it you know if somebody was taking you out and they gave you caviar to start with it's like um what's that thing they call where that 
Uh, vegetables are done in a light battery. Is that tempura? Or is that a mattress? <laughs> I can't remember. Is it? You think that's tempura? Yeah, that's where they sort of lightly fry it and then you sort of eat a vegetable through batter. It's just, it's a light bat. That's tempura, is it? Yeah, we're not sure now. In fact, we've now convinced ourselves that we're all wrong completely. So we just don't know these sort of things. Yeah, but this one here from from Jake, who says you can keep your salty, fishy, eggy balls with or without the attendant pancakes of tininess. And I'll stick to my tarasamalata on toast. Ugh. See, can't convince me anytime soon on things. It's fish. It's like fish. The amount of chefs that I've talked to over the years who've said, oh, fish is really good for you. And I go, yeah, it's lovely. And I've tried it. And it's really nice. And then somebody says, oh, would you like to do this? No, no, I don't want to do anything to do with fish at home. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, the Spice Girls. So they've sold out um, and they sold out. They say in a minute. Well, they can't have sold out in a minute. You can't get through in a minute. So that's just ridiculous. And uh, then they um, immediately appeared on tout sites. Well, of course, of course they will do. So what's going to happen is they're going to end up playing to some some pretty desolate venues and the reason being the touts have bought all the tickets if they can't sell them for the inflated prices the, there's one here somebody's one well, i mean this this is unbelievable isn't it this is the reselling site it's called via gogo and uh, they had pages set up before the tickets went on sale a minute later 55 pound manchester seats were listed at 1488 quid Okay, including a £388 booking fee. One £70 Wembley ticket was an offer for £14,850. There's no chance these seats are going to sit there empty. And good, good. Uh, One of them going for £500 to £2,000. Somebody wrote, I've got uh, two Manchester, £1,650 each. Another one wrote, two London Spice tickets, £1,000 each, no offers. Angry fans claim they were kept waiting online by Ticketmaster and lost out the chance to buy uh, tickets officially priced from 55 quid to £199. Well, you know, so, so they've added, they say, about an extra five dates. Now, the problem lies with the touts. If the touts are seriously expecting somebody's going to cough up 14,850 quid, they are very much mistaken. So it'll be the same uh, as, as happened with Barbara Streisand, you get rows and rows and rows of empty seats because you've turned round to the touts and gone, what, a £99 seat and you're selling for 14000 I don't think so. Might as well wait wait for the DVD to come out. You know, if the, if the DVD comes out, you can watch that, can't you? But this is just ridiculous. So they're going to end up coming on stage. You know, I'll tell you what you want. Well, where is everybody? Because the touts will have bought up so many tickets. They'll have bought thousands. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, Steve, we've just walked over to the War Memorial on our village green to listen to a lament played on the bagpipes by Lone Piper at 6am to mark the uh, armistice. Very, very moving. And somebody said, how do they kill a frog to get the legs? I have no idea. No idea. I mean, I I seriously, I mean, I'm assuming the usual way. I mean, or or do they gas them? I, I seriously don't know. I've got no idea. I mean... How do you kill a frog? I mean, I don't know. Do they stun them? Do they gas them? What do they do? How do you kill a frog for frog's legs? I don't know. I mean, you, I mean presumably the thing is still alive, isn't it? Well, one, I feel quite queasy even thinking about it now. I'm not sure about that. So, yeah, because one, once you've cut the legs off, I mean, presumably the frog is going gonna, is gonna to die or it must be dead already. Anybody know the answer? Please let me know. Please let me know. Uh 
Another one here. Uh, this Another one, says James, mullet row, grated on pasta. Ugh. Uh, OAP Fred says you can be in my gang any time you want. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Five years, says Sharon in Benfleet, if you get caught carrying a knife. It's, it's just going to have places full up. All the prisons are going to be full up, aren't they? With all these stupid children who don't have, you know, hope in hell of making it through to adulthood because they stand a very good chance of being knifed. If you're in a gang and there's a bigger gang than you and they, they want to fight, they'll just produce a knife or a gun and they'll shoot you. That's that's all that happens nowadays. It's it's terrible. It really is absolutely terrible. Mind you, we should spare a thought for those Hollywood A-listers among 250,000 desperate people fleeing California's raging wildfires. The stars including Kanye West, Cher, Kim Kardashian, Lady Gaga. Uh, also Kim's stepfather, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, who lost his house. Loads of people have lost houses. And uh, so they're actually trying to get out as quick as possible. At the moment, I think it's something like 28 deaths. I think it's 28 deaths. Whatever it is, it's 28 people. Too many. Way, way too many. Uh, but I like the idea about five years if you're caught carrying a knife. But it's, it, it's not going to make anything any different. Plus, Connie says, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Spice Girls. They're like little mix. They really can't sing. They're absolutely not talented. Trust me, Steve, they're not going to fill a stadium. They never will. Well, they, they've sold a lot of tickets, but I, I suspect they've sold them, or the agencies have sold them, to the... Um, uh, to the touts. So the touts will then shift them. Because, you know, it's like... If, do you have a favourite group that you'd like to go and see, Nick? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be a girl group. Just who, who would be your favourite group? What? Oh, right. I've got to think about it, you know, just in case. No, because I'm just curious to know that, that, you know, whether or not you would pay for a very expensive ticket if you were a fan of, say, you know, ABBA and... Uh, and, and, and they said, oh, the tickets, well, you know, you can get one, but it's 2,000 quid. Would you pay? You wouldn't. No. Well, there you go. I think that tells us a lot, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? He's not a fan of ABBA, so he's not going to be buying anything there anytime soon. Yeah, you're a fan of the news. We're all fans of the news, actually, and we're more of a fan when, uh, when young Simon's reading it. So it's LBC News. It is 6.30, and with the headlines... You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to uh, to seven is uh, the time. I can't believe you think that Mel B has had no surgery. She's ruined her face with it, says Liz. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Have you got new hearing aids or something put in that aren't hearing properly? I said that I thought that she'd... Mel, Mel B is scary spice. I said she looked as though she's had something done. Nobody else has had anything done, apart from Victoria, but she's not in the group anyway. So uh, so that that was that. No, you must need to listen properly, Liz. Can't bear it if people don't put proper batteries in. Uh, so a lot of people talking about the uh, the five five years if you're caught with a knife. See, the trouble is we can all say that, can't we? We can all say that. The government take not a blind bit of notice. They really don't. I mean, that's why, as I say, when they always say that you've got, uh, you know, that you have to sort of do something. But what? What are you supposed to do? What do you think all these little kids are going to come back and go, like to hand my knife in, mister? No, of course not. Today, Steve, is my very first time tuning in, listening from a very wet South Wales. Regarding the ticket touts, if people are willing to spend over £100 on music tickets, then they need their heads checked. Next time I'm up at this hour, I'll be tuning in. Thank you very much indeed. I think you just about fit into my audience figures, which is very nice indeed. I, I like that. Um, uh, Jackie says, I wouldn't pay good money towards Mel B's alleged lifestyle. Yes, I think she's paying off court costs. 
I think she's paying court costs, and I think it, it runs into into something. She's probably picking about two hundred and fifty thousand a month for doing uh, X Factor, which she does all all over the place. So there is money there, but unfortunately, you know, it's all these people who think they know how to handle their money, and so they start behaving big time, and and then it goes nowhere. Then it goes nowhere. And so nobody sits down and says to them, this is what you should... Look at Bross. Classic examples of two boys who earned a small fortune and uh, and didn't prepare for the future. And so then, when the money ran out, like poor, poor Katie Price. I mean, you know, who hasn't had a good old laugh at Katie Price's expense? You know, trying to kid everybody she's a businesswoman, all the rest of it. Quite clearly, she's a total failure. You wouldn't take business advice from her. You might as well go to, you know, your next-door neighbour and ask if the cat's got any advice for you. There's no way that, you know, she ever had any business acumen at all. Nothing's ever done uh, anything apart from the books, which she never writes. They're written by somebody else. And so you look at her and you think, I mean, she's going to have to move out of that house. She's going to have to move out. Yes, even, yeah, because they, they were saying she spent 43 million on cosmetic surgery. You could have built a small town for 43 million. She gets it done cheap in Turkey. She came back with somebody else's boobs. And then she comes back there and you look at the way she's completely ruined her face and you think, you're just an idiot. You're just an idiot. But now people have seen through it. Not the big clever person you thought. And they're now saying she's just had her um, her little car uh, thing done in pink, you know, because apparently oh, she likes the colour pink. <laughs> still a failure. Whichever colour it comes in, it's still got failure written all over it. There's no work in the diary. There's nothing. She's doing this little show. I mean, who's going to watch it? I can't imagine. You know what, what her life is. You've seen it in the newspapers. Uh, also, uh, 100 years on, the teenager whose thank you speaks for the nation. This is a poem to heroes which moved the... I thought the Queen looked amazing. Absolutely amazing. You'll probably see that, uh, I think, today. Uh, also, Nigella Lawson has been axed as the face of Typhoo because they want younger customers. Oh, Mind you, did you see the other day they were talking about the the Christmas ad, whether it was real or not, I don't know, because I'm getting a bit confused by by fake, by fake adverts on the television. This is supposed to be the Marks and Spencers one. Who's on it? Holly, Holly Willabooby, but we know because she advertises their clothes. And Keith Lemon. Even when I put it to the office, I think on Thursday or, or Friday, somebody said, Keith Lemon? Is that Marks and Spencers' target audience? Said, well, they've tried everything else, might as well try Keith Lemon. But it's not going to work. This uh, poem is uh, uh, was written um, a long, long time ago. It's a schoolgirl's poem. Uh, a 14-year-old schoolgirl standing before the Queen. Lucy Attrill summed up the mood of a nation with a poem as fitting as any to commemorate the sacrifice made for us in the trenches so long ago. And it's just called Thank You. So I'll, I'll read it to you. It's not particularly long. It says, You grew up too fast. Age 12, you were dumped in a factory when you should have been in class. You missed out on education for the good of our world today. Instead, you had to make weapons. That's a debt we can't repay. Thank you. You left your life behind, your wife, your children, everything. But your luck was not so kind if you hadn't given your life in France, if you hadn't stepped on that train. Your boys might have had a father but our world might not be the same. So to everyone whose life was lost or ruined or halted or messed, you all deserve more thanks than you got. You all deserve the best. Because that's what they did. And when you see the film and you see those grainy old shots of people going over the top and then just being mowed down, you know, these are people that one minute you've been standing next to, one minute you've been very friendly with, one minute you'd be saying, oh, when, when, you, when we come back, we'll have a, we'll have a couple of cigarettes, shall we? 
and they never came back. They just became another soldier lost on a battlefield. Uh, 84850, uk, and uh, uh, another one here. Oh, a lot of people to, uh, to talking about, oh dear, to separate the spinal cord of a frog. Oh no, I don't want to know about it. That sounds too horrendous. Oh dear. Somebody says they swipe the frog across a blade, then throw the rest of its body into a sack. No, no, we don't want to know this now, which I've not asked. Because I wasn't sure, because if it's chickens, you hang them upside down. I understand how chickens get processed in, in abattoirs, and I've seen beef cattle, but frogs, I mean, it must be a bit of a limited market, mustn't it? I don't know anybody who eats frogs' legs. Well, I mean, nobody, you know, round here, I don't think. Frogs' legs? No. Oh, God, I'm not going <laughs> trust you to be eating frogs' legs. Your dad's, well, uh, your dad's French, so that means you eat frogs' legs. Yeah, my dad was from Iceland. We never once ate a penguin at all. I don't remember anything like that. He wasn't, of course. So you've eaten frog's legs. God, that explains so much to me. That really does. That just tells me everything I needed to know. <laughs> Where's your mother from? Born in Scotland. Oh, right. So you've had haggis and all the rest of it. And... Oh, how strange. Well, you must ask. Really? No. Well, but my mother's not from Scotland. So, you know. I'm just assuming if your mother's from Scotland, you'd have to eat haggis and... And whatever they call potato. No. Have you got a kilt at home? Got a kilt? No. Oh. Oh, right. Well, no, Thomas is, is better looking than you, and he, he does have a kilt. He's also a lot slimmer, of course, so uh, he would have one that probably fitted him. Not gonna be... I don't think you do sort of inter-country kilt sharing. I don't think that goes on at all. I think the idea is... So you, you obviously haven't got a family tartan or anything like that. No, thank God for that. Couldn't bear that if he had a tartan. Just about to do my head in that one. <laughs> Guess who they're thinking about sending out to the jungle? I'll send her out there. Megan McKenna. Apparently, she's a newly single Towie bimbo who turns up on the. I've never heard of her. Well, I have. I've heard of the name before. And they say uh, dos, uh, bosses are desperate for her to find romance. They're keen to get her on board. She's apparently proved that she's telly gold on a number of reality shows. Really? Shows would would those be? She's appeared in, wait wait for it, this is all the rubbish she's appeared on. Celebrity Big Brother, X on the Beach and Celebs on the Farm. Riveting. We all know what they're doing, Celebs on the Farm. And that apparently qualifies her to sit there and talk utter rubbish. They say it won't take too long. They think she'll boost viewing figures. Well, of course she can't speak. Have you heard her? Why? Oh, dear. They say she'll be sensational in the jungle shower. Well, I'm assuming she'll look like everybody else in the shower. She'll have a bikini on, she'll stick her boobs out, and her agent will try and get her some work, standing in a shower. Celebs already signed up, they say. Anne Hegarty, she'll hate it. Nick Knowles, and uh, who's it? Harry Redknapp. I mean, I c- he must be so blooming desperate to be in there. What on earth is he going in there for? Other ones who they've thrown around, names. James McVeigh, as you know, pop star. Ex Eastender, Rita Simons. Oh, she, she might, she might. Corey actress, Sia Khan, and X Factor's Fleur East. Fleur who? That's the one with all the hair. What's she ever done? Nothing. And Holly Oaks hunk, Malik Thompson Dwyer. Who? Who are these people? And they're going out there, apparently. God, oh, dear, I must lose the will to live. I had to laugh, actually. Cop killer Dale Cregan. Uh, keeps having his glass eyes stolen by fellow prisoners. It's a shame, isn't it, really? Because we all love him so much. Not really. 
And uh, apparently lags began targeting because they were fed up with his threats. Why don't you just take it and throw it out the window? Who cares? Horrible piece of work. Rochelle Humes says she keeps her emotions in check during Children in Need thanks to Terry Wogan. She was advised by him to watch the show's heartbreaking clips in advance. Presenter Rochelle says, I get so emotional, but Terry told me to watch the segments five times before the live show, and that way I can keep my emotions in check. No, people like people crying on television. It means it's real. It means it's real. That's why we like things like that. Uh, Here's Katie Price's revolting pink car. As I say, you never guess she's on the verge of bankruptcy. She shut down her KP boutique, made 13 quid in profits, so obviously not selling anything there. They think debts estimate from about 250,000 to 500,000. And um, uh, official papers confirm she applied to have the business closed down within the next few days. But uh, she's got a, a car now. The MOT ran out in November. Sorry, October. The tax expired November the 1st. And she's not insured to drive it. But there again, she does what she does and sticks her fingers up to the police. Perhaps one day they'll stick the fingers up, uh, you know, and sort of say, I'm terribly sorry, but you are... Because that thing where she was stopped the other week was fake. It was fake. It was uh, it was a setup, And so a friend of hers took, uh, took pictures. So there you go. Uh, Love Island killed off Big Brother. I don't, I don't quite get Love Island at all. I don't understand. You go onto an island... You know, you're somebody who can barely string two words together. I mean, you only have to look at poor old Danny Dyer. I mean, honestly, I feel a bit sorry for her. Anybody, should we put her on Mastermind and let's really embarrass her? No, let's not. And so you watch the, these people and then you think, it's just fake. It's just fake. Because over the years, we've had some really uh, some really good stuff on the on the television. Lovable housemates, Brian Bellow, who complained the other day, didn't he, that he, he thought it would lost its uh, place. Uh, also... Uh, to celebrate its demise, the top seven best ever Big Brother bookings, Jade Goody, Jade Goody, of course, who was stupid beyond belief and then played up to being stupid. Uh, also, Charlie Uchia, a bit of a, a sort of a sexist irritant. Uh, also, Victor Abua, uh, also known as The Plumber. I don't I know they had nicknames at all. Derek Lord, I don't know that. Uh, Pete Bennett. Was Pete Bennett the one with Tourette's? I can't remember. He might have been. No good asking it, seriously. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, Sweetest Romance, Paul and Helen. Dumbest quote, where's East Angular? I thought it was abroad, said Jade Goody, who was almost dim beyond belief. And, of course, she was even so dim that she left no money. Because when she died, she'd worked like a... worked like a Trojan. And uh, it turned out she hadn't paid any tax. So the tax man took it all. Uh, Also, top babes, Melanie Hill, Imogen Thomas. God, she's still dragging her carcass around. And uh, and Orla McAllister, short for Orla, my clothes fell off. Because that was the sort of the thing. Memorable moments, Nasty Nick's demise, Fight Night, Nikki's diary room rants. Who is she? You remember Nikki? Very much so. And uh, Sandy's escape and Michelle and chicken stew under the table. (laughs) We remember all these people, you know, and now you turn on the... T- There's nobody on it. There's nobody on it at all. It's all, it's all very depressing. Did I miss something? Yes, I missed a break. Should we do a break? It's We could do a break. It's 12 minutes to seven. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Sorry, we're just having a big discussion on tangerines and uh, satsumas. So are you eating tangerines? But you're... Yeah, you're eating those, but you wouldn't eat a satsuma. Oh, right, you'll eat all the small oranges. Okay. But they're very much Christmas, aren't they? What about your nuts? You don't, you don't do nuts. Bag of nuts. Do you not do them? 
Yeah. No, they're on sale now. I, Paul Cooper's shop in, in Twickenham, he's got bags of nuts hanging up. And also pickled onions. Sacks of pickled onions. I love pickled onions. Love them. They're really good. You could have them with a piece of cheese. So I might go. I'm going to go and see Stuart in Sandys to have a look at his uh, his advent calendars, which are which are f- full of cheese, which is quite nice, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. Well, there's no room in the fridge at the moment. Honestly, it's just chock a block with everything. It's just it's stupid. I've, I'm, I'm, every every week I have to do a clear out on based on sell by dates, and uh, it's just it's just it's too ridiculous. I, I, every so often I do give you a sandwich. And uh, this morning I was going to give you these because they're actually very nice. These are fruit, fruit jellies. Have you ha- no, they're not. No, you can have these. Do you want these? Yeah, you come and get them. They're all different fruit pieces. Uh, kids like these. And they've got all sorts of things in it. All sorts of different. Here we go. <laughs> I've loaded these. So that's quite good, isn't it? There you go. Yeah, you, you have all those. Have all of no, of course you can. You can take them home. You can spread them out over the week. I'll take half. Not no, don't. Because what am I going to do with them? Well, I'll take all of them to be nice. Oh, all right. I won't take the papers. No, you mustn't take the papers. No, no I haven't got anything to do. Goodness me. There we are. Look at that. All right. So kids like these. Yeah, kids like them. Well, you'll like them as well because it gives you that little sugar boost. It certainly does. There's a little sugar pieces. Thank you very much. Don't, don't, don't give any to him. No, not him. No, okay, no. Hasn't earned his stripes yet. No, Start handing out food like that willy-nilly to somebody whose father's French and eats frog's legs. God in heaven, honestly. How rich do you need to be on this programme? Uh, the Mail on Sunday. Uh, they've got uh, the double-sided uh, WW1 poster. And uh, they've also got all the people at the National Memorial Arboretum in Staffordshire last night. Tell, tell me you're not giving him any. If he's eating anything... He's going to be choking on it, I promise you. He'll be waking up tomorrow eating hospital food. It'll be liquidised. He'll be surrounded by chrome. They're good, aren't they? Oh, they're much better than wine gloves. Because they're, they're small. Make Move so I can see your mouth. That's better. I don't, I don't trust you. They are... Ve- one what? Packet? No, you can have one... Give him one, one piece. Don't let him take any more. Okay. They're really nice. They do a big box of them in Costco, and uh, my my godchildren love them. They love them. You know, I do take no. I just take the Bentley and um, and sort of fill it up. It's great. Seriously, I love it. I love Costco. I I could be quite happy wandering. I buy everything. They've got a lovely Christmas village, which has now got new sort of lighting in it. And I, if I had somewhere to put it. You know, I would have bought it. It's lovely. Who put Harry and Meghan in the cheap seats at the Royal Albert Hall? I don't know, but they're nowhere near the Queen. Uh, Philip uh, is not there. Is Philip? No, Philip's not there. Uh, William and uh, his his wife are a little bit closer, whereas Harry and Meghan are stuck right at the back. Perhaps he turned up late. I don't know. I don't know. But they will be there today, and uh, all the royal poppies in all the papers. It's, it's great. You can see them. They look lovely. But it's the Queen's... Oops, the Queen's, which is... Uh, the best, the uh, Sun, Sunday... You're not still eating it, are you? Have you given him another one? No. Sunday Express, we must never forget. We ceased fighting today, and I've seen the last shot fired, a thing I never dreamt was possible in my wildest dreams. No more danger, no more wars, and no more mud and misery. That's Lieutenant Colonel William Murray, 15th Brigade Royal Horse Artillery, Western Front, November the 11th, 
1918. You're going to be hearing lots of this uh, today, just uh, on the radio and on the television as well. Uh, May's Brexit deal, front page of the Sunday Times, crashes as EU turns off life support. Sunday Times wins a campaign to safeguard soldiers from suicide. And Trump goes missing in action as rain falls on his parade. So it was actually cancelled. He cancelled a visit to the American cemetery in northern France just because of bad weather. Uh, front page of the Sunday Telegraph. They've got, um, I don't know which where this castle is, but they've, they pro- seem to have projected an image onto it. Very impressive it is too. I think even more so this year than any other time. They're talking down about MPs blocking May's Brexit plan and the Observer. Devastating cuts hitting educational needs. Uh, also, uh, the comments uh, for Armistice Day, 1918 to 20. 18. It's in all the papers, many of them having tributes and photographs that you won't have seen before. And that's just about it this morning. I suddenly realised, actually, that I'm back at nine o'clock this evening. And the reason I'm back this evening is because of In Conversation. So nine o'clock tonight, In Conversation, and it's uh, it's a good one. It's uh, It's the boys. It's the boys for In Conversation. So nine o'clock tonight on LBC, just an hour out of your time. And then you can almost uh, download, uh, but you can't download. Sorry, you can stream. You can't. I keep getting that wrong. You can stream. You can't actually download. OK, but you can do that. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you'll find out all the uh, the details on it. It's so simple to do. And as I say, even if you're you're a, a ten year ten year old idiot, although kids know how to do all of these sort of things, um, you will enjoy it because you can listen to anything on uh, on LBC. And uh, another one here, uh, which says, uh, uh, "Oh dear, oh, I d- lots of people telling me about about frogs and how we managed to get frogs' legs." I'd rather not know. Actually, I've decided how to lose money on prestige cars. Ask Katie Price. She had her Aston Martin and her Range Rover painted pink. Probably lost thousands. Yes, she couldn't get rid of the horse box, could she? Painted pink. You'd have to have it resprayed. But there again, she never was the bright penny in the box that they were all trying to make out she was. I think it was all a lot of smoke and mirrors. And that's what I'll be doing this evening at nine o'clock on LBC within conversation. Then back with you tomorrow morning from four on LBC. Uh, if you're coming into town, now would be a good time to come in. On public transport, please don't drive. There won't be anywhere to park and the restrictions will be in. They'll be closing roads off left, right and centre. Well done to the black cab drivers. Have a great weekend. But if you download the LBC app, you can listen back to this and all the other programmes for free on the catch-up feature. Download it for iPhone or Android. Coming up at 10 this morning, Nigel Farage. But right now, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.